In a world gone mad, only rationality and common sense can save it. It's Andrew and Jerry Save the World with your hosts, Andrew Langer and Jerry Rogers. And now, here's Andrew and Jerry. Well, hey there, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Andrew and Jerry Save the World. Episode fifty, the big five zero. Really, Gerald? Yes. I wow. uh, Andrew. I'll use and Jerry, my radio voice like you today as thank well. You. Andrew and Jerry address the state of the union. Jerry, uh, I'm Andrew Langer. I'm Jerry's because I, I feel very big today. <laughs> well, we are broadcasting this week the, to, to the good graces. Thanks to the good graces of the people at the Heritage Foundation. We are at the Robert H. Bruce. Otherwise known as the Robert the Bruce Studios Radio Studio at the Heritage Foundation. Heritage in Foundation, DC. the Daily Signal. Yes, the Heritage Foundation. Heritage.org is the is the website. We'll come back to that later on. Um, yeah, so Jerry, I, obviously we've got lots to and talk wait, about. The great John Pop is producing for us. And I was gonna thank John later on. Oh, you are well, John and John's John. I'm has, a dessert first kind of guy. You know, it's interesting you bring this up because uh, um, this is actually going to be a selling point for this show because there are a great many fans of John Pop. Oh, yeah. Uh, out there, yes. Who will, when I say John Pop is producing, John, you can go ahead and, and, and enter in on this. All right, here I am. <laughs> Welcome to my world, gentlemen. You know, it's actually interesting. Uh, John and and Jerry. So John and uh, and our our mutual friend, our good friend Cameron Gray. Yes. Uh, John and Cameron worked together for many years in a, in a number of different projects. <laughs> yeah. Tell me about it. We are just on the anniversary of a show that you and I did uh, across the street at another organization's studios uh, for the old podcast. Um, incidentally, by the way, John Pop was going to be my original podcast partner for that podcast, and then yeah. it didn't happen. But anyway, I bailed on him, Jerry. Yeah. Yes, well, um, I should have. <laughs> <laughs> but but it, which actually is great because it leads me to my point. We did the episode of that podcast, Everybody Hates Langer, in which we went into you know, in which Cameron Gray posited the question, "Why do people hate Andrew Langer?" Which of course led me to <laughs> the CPAC yelling of. Is that Andrew Langer? Yes, this is a tradition that hopefully will will uh, will be resurrected as CPAC returns to Washington D.C. in uh, at the end of March, of the end of February, beginning of March. Yes. So, John, listen, we appreciate you 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 doing this. You doing all right? I'm doing great. Can I share before I Please. let you guys get to your real show? Absolutely. A quick. Uh, you talked about everyone hates Langer. A yes. quick Cameron Gray, everyone hates story. Very early on <laughs> at our last gig together, which was doing some media stuff for another organization, uh, Cameron was running the, the 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 Twitter feed, and we had an ass- assistant producer who was helping out as well. And I jokingly said to him, "Hey, why don't you put up on the Twitter feed for this meeting? Everyone hates Cameron oh, Gray because <laughs> that was our thing." And he and he did, and then Cam. Uh, Cam Edwards, our host, goes, who posted that? <laughs> <laughs> That's oh funny. I was only kidding. You I'm know, sorry. It, we're leading up. And actually, one of the things that I do miss, uh, John, um, is from that last uh, operation, the the efforts at CPAC were great. And there was that one. Oh, yeah. There was a, a fantastic episode at CPAC in which uh, it was the Friday of CPAC. It was it was Cam and Company, so it's the afternoon recording. Yes. And, uh, and essentially, it was like an episode of... 
uh, the Tonight Show, right? You know when 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 Johnny Carson would yeah. go. And I all have of a mixed feelings about up. all of this, by the way, because you weren't included. Well, because in, 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 the, in the beginning I wasn't included. Yes, and I'm yes. the more I'm the more interesting of the two of us, <laughs> for that's, sure. That's very. That's hey, very let, true. let me do this, uh, John, only because I was talking with one of your colleagues here at the Heritage Foundation a couple three days ago. Um, I'm the editor at Real Clear Policy. Yes. And uh, next week we're launching uh, a Real Clear podcast. Uh, segment on Real Clear Policy where we're going to take the best of the podcasts. Nice. And we're going to promote and we're going to feature and we're going to build on that. And of course, The Daily Signal and Kevin Roberts, uh, his podcast. And I'm hoping that uh, John is helpful in just pointing me in the right direction as to uh, the podcast. As long that as it saves here. John labor, you're going to get all the help well, you need. Let me say something, <laughs> gentlemen. I've already been briefed about this, and and no offense, Andrew Langer, but around here, Jerry, you're the big shot. So he I is. heard that Jerry, I real, real. I appreciate he's, that he's doing this podcast thing, and we need. So yes, we're way we're way into that, Jerry. Excellent, and, good. And I will be your point of contact for that. I appreciate so the that. rising tide lifts all boats. So I know Jerry's <laughs> success means that there is greater success for this podcast. As I said, John Pop appearing on on Andrew and Jerry Save the World, which Again, we're 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 workshopping some other ideas here, but yes. Sure. Anyway, John, thank you, thank you so very much as always for producing for us. Thank you, gentlemen. So, Have a good show, Gerald. Yes. What is the? Uh... By the way, I love it that you call me Gerald, <laughs> and I've decided I've started a trend where I go out now. I introduce myself as Gerald. I like that. I appreciate that. In Gerald fact, R. I was. Uh, we were in Annapolis uh, this past weekend for the thirtieth wedding anniversary. Yeah. I got married at thirteen, but regardless, um, <laughs> we were at Doc. Dock Street, Dock Street Grill. Got it. Must have been fun if you can't remember the name. No, no. Fantastic place. Best crab cake sandwich in Annapolis. There you go. But here's another thing, though the the camaraderie and the and the uh, and the service. But but anyway, I introduced myself to to our waiter, and uh, and I said I'm Gerald, and he looks at me, and goes. Gerald? <laughs> there you go. Anyway. Right, well, listen, and, and you know, and I'll say this, right? Even, I won't get into the details, but when I do text you when you're on the air, that's that's how you're Gerald. supposed to know it's me. It's, right. it's when I say Gerald. You're blocked, by the way. So, yeah, I wasn't going to say it. <laughs> I am aware. Oh, my word. So, uh, uh, how is the State of the Union, Jerry? Uh, what is what is the State of the Union in America? Well, you know, here's the thing, right? And, and, I'm, and I'll be serious. I think that we yeah. need a timeout from the State of the Union. I think we need uh, the next president, hopefully, who will not be a Biden or a Trump, and that president should, at least for the initial, yeah. uh, send up uh, the State of the Union in written form. I agree. Because it's it's overtly political in a way that it's never been before. Right. However, I'll say this, and I know there's a lot of... Um, a lot of mainstream commentary. It's funny how the left and the media always sing from the same choir book. Right. Uh, but it's about how the Republicans were uh, indecent and, and this sort of thing with the heckling and the shouting. Let me just make this one point. Please. And that is, I don't know how else to respond, though, when the president blatantly lies and, and also does it in such a way uh, that is frightening, scaring older Americans, senior Americans. Uh, there were numerous times, but in particular, I'm thinking of the Medicare Social Security uh, Listen, issue. We fell down on this this morning because the very first thing we should have done when we arrived at Heritage was to ask John to pull out a, a dinger, a, a, a bellman's bell. Because yes. I know John has one in his office here at Heritage, but I would have – I would. my point ding. is I would have dinged that. All right, uh, there you go. I found, I'll be your listen, ding. I found – but so many places I can go with this, Jerry. Let's start with this, which is I found the speech very odd. 
I, I found I found listen, I, I know we could talk about Joe Biden's age, and I'm not making any jokes here. I'm very serious about this. Um, you know, I was having I was literally having a hard time understanding it. You you're pulling up audio? I'm not go. Oh, All right, go there on. you go. I, I so I was I, I found his cadence to be strange, right? At moments he was rushing it, and it appeared that as he was rushing it, he was getting cluttered. And I don't know if this was I, anyway, I don't want to speculate. There, there, as are, to the there why. are segments of the speech where literally you cannot understand right. what he's saying about uh, there was one instance when he wants to veto something. I have no idea he said what a he thing wants. About about and then job. Yeah, yeah. yeah. What was yes. that? I don't know. And, yes. And then of course his anger about replacing uh, uh, the Chinese uh, president. Later, yeah, this was the and that was uh, literally I, I I tweeted out about it because. I went when I heard that, and he said, "There." He said essentially, "There is no leader who wants to trade places with Xi." Now he, he garbled it, so it was yeah. hard to understand. But I then I, I just I didn't understand what the point no. was, and I, I have a theory about it, which is bizarre. But the point is, I, I actually went to the released uh, transcript of the prepared remarks. Yes. And I want to say maybe there's something in there that I can divine, you know, without having to throw uh, a pigeon entrails and bones against the wall to see how they come up. A voodoo. Yes, a little little voodoo there. Um, uh, but I couldn't. It wasn't. It wasn't in there. It was an right. offhand remark. I suspect the point he was trying to make was something on the order of China is isolated. We are isolating them. Therefore, nobody wants to trade places sure. with Xi. But then again. I, you know, we talk about the lies in the speech. Sure. You can talk about mistakes and 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 sort of misstatements because he's it Joe Biden. It was the most dishonest State yeah. of the Union speech in the history of speeches, and that's not a partisan uh, statement. Uh, we can go through it uh, from drug prices to uh, drilling and and energy issues to Medicare to fentanyl, uh, to fentanyl, to the border, fentanyl and the border to the gun issue, assault yeah. weapons, etc. The, the 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 myth the myth about uh, um, what we do. You already said Social Security and Republicans, sure. but the myth about uh, about cashiers at burger joints uh, not being able to go across town into work because they have to sign a non compete. Yeah, what was that? Well, that. That's what it's they're like using. It's like he has part of it's it, it, here's what it's like. Remember remember the old days when Donald Trump would come out and do his covid pressers. Yeah. And they would be something top of mind. Yes. And he would he would <laughs> and he would think out loud. The last and thing get that him, someone yes. said to him before he went out on the podium right. that was a, like what what our our mentor Fred Smith used to do. Go ahead. Right. And yeah. so anyway, so and he'd get himself in trouble sometimes because people would uh, the the media would purposefully misinterpret what he was saying. Like yeah. for instance, uh, he never said inject yourself with bleach. Right. But he came out and said something about sure. bleach. Wouldn't it be great oh, if you bleaching. could do this? Yeah. yeah right. Yeah, yeah. But the thing Shine is, the is that. The reason why he would do that is because someone would get his ear right before he yeah, came right. out. That's exactly it. What I think with uh, and, and you and this is where you're leading uh, with President Joe Biden, dementia has set in. Yeah. Well, it is, this is not. This is not. And I'm not making a joke about this. Uh, this is a man who is in poor health, and what what's happening is he is briefed and briefed and briefed, and he gets parts of it. That's exactly. And it. then when he yeah. tries to uh, say it off the cuff. It gets it gets sure. muffled or it gets slurred or it's confused. No, and and then I, I, I yes, I agree with you. I agree with you there. Yeah. I, I want to go back and it's interesting because your proposal, which I think is a good proposal, yes. your proposal about the, the state of the Time Union. Because right? remember remember that the constitutional duty of the president is to essentially report to Congress as to what the state of the union yes. is. Yes. Time to and time. They don't have to go up there to uh, they don't have to go up there and, nope. and give a big a big speech. Um they can go they can just prepare a report and report In fact, to Congress. 
It was, I think, LBJ who was the first, correct? I don't know. That I don't know. Yeah, I think it but, was. I, I think it, maybe so think about, think, about, think about that history. Yeah. Up until Johnson, no president had done this. And, and you know, and it's interesting you say that because keeping in mind that the president really wasn't televised on television until, or the, well, until, until Kennedy. Kennedy, right? Yeah, in the, in yeah. the Kennedy-Nixon debate. Sure. So it makes sense that, that Johnson sure. would sort of take that the next step. But here's my point, though. It actually goes both in it, – it's it, your proposal has merit because it, it benefits both sides. And when I say both sides, I mean it benefits both the president, any president, and it benefits the president's opposition. Because in the end, right, it benefits Joe Biden if he goes – if he doesn't have to speak and get up there, right? It, it's essentially like campaigning well, you from read the basement. Well, you read the speech. Right, yes. It was it – was, again – I can go through it with a partisan comb, uh, but it, this is my it, point. it read better than he delivered it. And, 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 but my point is, the president wouldn't. But it, right, if the president was delivering a State of the Union report to Congress on this, it wouldn't do, be a speech. It would be a report. It would be a thick sort sure, of report right. that they would do. And then, and, and what that does is, or maybe it, it would be on a laptop and it would be uh, discovered <laughs> sure, in a dry sure, cleaner. Sure, or yes, something. that's exactly right. But my point is, is that then also. It allows the opposition to go through it with a true fine-tooth comb yeah. and sort of pick out this is what the president does. Well, and, the, and, and you made a good point here. Because for, hold on, the media you, should do that. Well, the media should do that. But, yeah. but let, let's, let's get into this because it's interesting because there are so many other ways in which the administration does report on things to Congress. And and what the administration lays out there there's my point is there's precedent here, you know every few months I think it's every every six months the office management and budget office of management and budget pull, puts out a unified agenda. All right, Joe, take and, it easy. And, and thank you. And so uh, listen, <laughs> I de- I demand tell me tell me Jerry, um, Andrew uh, Andrew. Okay. Hold on. I want to come back to this. The point is, is that they put out a unified agenda in which they talk about what they're going to do. And and it sort of is the roadmap for what the, yes. the, the executive branch is going to do. Yes. The other part of what makes the speech weird. What is it? Okay. So I can't get out of my head the Dana Carvey impression of Joe Biden. It's all right, folks. Folks, hey, it's going to be fine. But it's he's got this very weird Jiminy Glick-like cadence in which he starts off really soft. Yes. And creepy, and then he gets really loud, and he goes like this, and he starts shouting. Yes, that's exactly. That's, he gets he gets it all was, kinds of amped it up. It was so cringy. I talked to um, uh, one of uh, your former colleagues and my colleague over at WBAL yesterday, Dan Joseph. Yeah. And Dan Joseph is a, is a straight shooter. Yeah. I mean, especially on on partisan issues, and he said he looked he looked up at me because we were on the air together. He said off mic. He said there humble was, brag. There was something. Just really cringy and off. Right. That has that was different from other Biden speeches and and other. And such again, things. this is not to say that 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 Donald Trump didn't occasionally sort of veer into sort of the creepy and bizarre territory when he'd get up on stage. There are whole press conferences. Right, yes. I'm still trying to figure yeah, out what he was yeah, trying that's to exactly, say. That's exactly yeah, this is mean, look, it. Yeah. And it's funny to me because I had and George okay. W. Bush was no wordsmith. Oh yes, that's right. <laughs> right. Uh, strategery. I. I it, and that's an excellent point. The, the the it's interesting because I got into it over the weekend. You know, I now have a rule. Again, when you say get into it, is it going to be one of your Twitter things again? Yes, exactly. You and Twitter. So my but my point is, again, by the way, I, from I have access to your Twitter account. Yes, and I accidentally tweeted something out from your account today by mistake. I how went back that, and I how was that? Possible? I don't know. I think what happened was when we started the original podcast, you gave me what's the word for it? 
Access. Access. And so sometimes... To my Twitter account? Yes. And so sometimes... Jesus, uh, okay. So listen, so I... I got to change my password so there then. was... Yeah. <laughs> I don't go on it. But today, what happened today was... A little a little side note, folks. No, no. What this happened is exactly today, what this podcast but, yeah, should be so about. <laughs> Wait, what? You tweeted out on my account. Yes. Okay. So what happened was I get these alerts. For, you know, Twitter alerts. Yeah. And I, I, I very seldom pay attention, but this one I liked. Uh, it was something that was uh, 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 that was pushed out from a pro-life organization. Okay. So I didn't even think fine. about it. And I was I'm editing, I'm writing, yeah. and I pick up my thing. I'm like, oh, I like this. You know, retweet, and then I put it down, and then and then it, it does it again, and I see you, and I see you. And I'm like, wait a minute, what is this? And then I and then I tried to erase it or or, or delete, delete it. it, and I but then I blue marked it or something. Oh, and then so anyway, so. You're like I Lucy. almost called like you at like five thirty this morning. Like, like oh, Lucy. oh, thank God you didn't. Anyway, like, so I did. Like I did Lucy delete with it. The chocolates. I did delete it. Uh, and uh, and yes, I have. Don't you have access to my show page? I have. Wait, wait, wait. Was it your show page or your Twitter account? I have access. I to only your have show one, messages. I only have one Twitter account. It's the it's the show. It's no, the Jerry Rogers show. I have Rogers access show. to your Facebook. Your 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 Facebook. Facebook your your Jerry Rogers show Facebook page. Which means, by the way, that every time one of our we have we have a good fan. I'm not going to name him today. We have a good fan. Yeah, we have like we have a dozen. But yes, but this one, as you know, emails you and me constantly. Yes, and when he emails you, oh yeah, I get it. And vice versa, I get it. And vice versa, and, and, yes, and I yes, get yes. it. And then I get it on the show page, and I get a pr- anyway. So it's a whole thing. So, so take a time out from the city. Okay, but my point is, my point is this. So I'm no longer engaging with a lot of the oh, trolls. Twitter. We're back to Twitter. A lot of the polls. Yes, trolls, trolls, yes. polls, trolls. Good. Um, and and. Yet every once in a while something will pop up, yes. and I will. I have to engage. Yes. And I had tweeted out about the Chinese balloon, and it wasn't anything out of the mainstream. We're going to talk about this in a second yes. because you've got a very interesting perspective on yes. this. We're kind of different, and I'm. I have on. I have the correct one, and you Mo- might you, mostly you, you two might you mostly, you also you two might be correct. Mostly correct, but the problem is everyone else is wrong. Yes, I agree. Yes. So I tweeted out about the fact. Okay, so we and it's the it's the glib take. We waited until the balloon crossed all across the United States, and then we shot it down. And yes. it's actually central to your thesis here. I don't want to give anything away. And some guy tweeted. People at, could fast forward and just hear it. Yeah, some guy. Yes, they can. <laughs> some guy tweeted at me about it as essentially calling into question any you know my my credentials oh, in yes. terms of international relations. Yes, yes. And I respond. Well, I have, I have a degree in it. Yeah. You, know, you know, I've done a lot of work in the, yeah, yeah. In the field. You Sheldon Cooper. And I and then I t- turned around and I found out that this this guy was like this junior staffer at the Department of Homeland Security, like who'd, who got yeah. out of college like a day ago. I mean, it was really- A stenographer or something, right? Well, he was a stenographer at the White House. Oh, very nice. Yes, very nice. and then oh, but he yes, done, yes, he yes, done yes, a whole yes. thing. But my point is, is that, it, and this gets to the crux of this, yes. about the weirdness of the speech and the cadence and not understanding. I couldn't understand it. Maybe it's a middle-aged thing. I don't know. Not that I'm saying that Molly Hemingway is middle-aged, because I just don't know. But Molly Hemingway couldn't understand it. You couldn't understand no. aspects of the speech. And yet there's this guy tweeting out about about it saying, oh, yeah, if you can't understand it, there's something wrong with you. He's speaking perfectly. Maybe you don't know good English, Jerry, is well, again, sort of his take that, on this. That was, that was my, again, going through Twitter. I, I did – how I watched the State of the Union was I, I started to watch it and realized yeah. quickly I could not – I just couldn't stomach that. Okay. So then I went and I and I listened to it on radio. Okay. Listen, and oh. and on radio it was it was it was really bad. Sure. Yeah. Um, I get that. They, they were and I had to go back to because video there are, there to are... see if I could understand by watching him right. what he was trying cues, to say. Bad lip reading kind so of. So then thing. When I, so after listening to all of it an hour and 12 minutes later, 
Um, I did go back and rewatch yeah. some of it, but I went to Twitter. And I was interest, interested in what the takes were from the Molly Hemingways. Of course. Of course yeah. She's the, you know, an editor at The Federalist. I was specifically looking uh, for takes from people who were serious. And, and it seemed there was a lot of agreement about, wow, there's something wrong here. Yeah. Except then you go to uh, Michael Steele, yeah. who was like, this is perhaps the, the greatest. The greatest that, that, that's, I mean, my that's goodness. And, and that's not true. Right. Just like uh, when the far right will say something, and, and I'm a far right guy, but you, you, you get my right. point. Right. When Donald Trump would go out there and say something that was just bizarre, just bizarre. and stupid, and, just, and then and yeah. people would be, and uh, there was, love it. And what I noticed was there was no one on the left. There was no, and there are a right. lot of serious people on the left. Right. There was no serious person on the left who said, "Hmm, maybe we should we should reexamine uh, him running for uh, running right. for office." But here's why I say this: Yeah, because immediately after the speech, greatest <laughs> Keith Oberman, greatest <laughs> State of the Union in his lifetime. And, and I'm sorry, but but Joe Biden can't hold a candle to the various Barack Obama oh, or, my God, Bill, or Clinton, Bill Clinton. Bill Clinton. Yes, but but, but, but my point is this: Right. Immediately after the speech, the spin started. Of course. And the spin was, and it's amazing how the media really is the propaganda arm for the Democratic Party. Right. Because the spin was, this was his announcement. This was his laying it down uh, that that he's running in 2024. I sure hope so. And I no, I don't. No, no, no I've just. Yeah, but the, sorry, and I don't. I I, not not because I disagree with the man because I think he's he's like that character from Star Trek where he's just propped up and drugged up. But here's the thing. It, it's another, by the way that episode on TV last weekend. Yeah. I had to watch it. John Gill, Patterns of Force. Yeah, they go to the Nazi planet. Go ahead. But the thing is, is that th this is where we are now, where where there is. Certain things that are objectively true. Right. It, it is objectively true that this speech did not go well. Right. But yet you can't get an honest voice in the mainstream media or on the left. Sure. To admit that maybe we should reconsider this man running for office in 2024. So, you know, but of course, because you then go down the road of alternatives. Or what's you, you controlling know, I, you, the you government? You know, I've made a prediction who who will be the nominee. Oh, I, I, and, and I think and I think that's I, listen. I don't think that's beyond the pale. I mean, you're, you're talking about, of course, Wes Moore, the governor yes, of Maryland, the governor, the yeah. the, the, the current uh, governor of Maryland, the current governor who's like three weeks on the job. Yes, I think he will be the nominee of the Democratic Party in 2024. That's how weak their bench is. I I well, I mean, to me, right? If it if it in any way looks like it's not going to be Sanders. Joe Biden, I think it'd be Michelle Obama. But that's you well, know, yeah. ah, see, that, yeah. that's different. Yeah, I've I've hedged my bet here, saying that if Michelle Obama enters the race. It's her nomination, and frankly, she'll beat any Republican. I, well, I, I agree with you, but yeah. you know, and again, that's which not is to all say, kinds of trouble for not us. Not to say that we can't, right? Because there's there is there is incompetent progressivism, and then there's competent progressivism, and the real problem is what we don't want. I mean, and, we, and she has the goodwill of the kind of uh, a Good Morning America crowd. All right, of course. You, know, you and I understand her politics be very progressive and radical. I had somebody yank my chain over on mo on really? Monday because I yes I, because I dared. I, I, I have a real by the way I have a real problem I've always you had a Yoders? problem yes I have a real problem when um when these law these high level politicos the president of the United States especially or the first family yes. they they sort of debase themselves by going on things like when Obama did uh, between two friends with Zach Galifianakis or when Bill Clinton went on to uh when 
Yeah, when you went on Arsenio and talked about boxers and yes, MTV yes, on boxers MTV, and briefs and yeah. played the saxophone on, on. Yeah. But you know, but at least he wasn't president then. Yeah. I had a real problem. The point is, I raised the issue because Jill Biden, I guess, appeared at the uh, at the Grammys, and I and I talked about the fact I had I've always I had a problem when when Michelle Obama was in disembodied head yeah, yeah, at yeah. the Oscars I or the Grammys it. or whatever. I had, a, I had a real I had a real problem. Jill with that. Biden, by the way. I, I, I'm going to be um, uh, I'm going to be superficial for Please. a second, or maybe even uh, oh, no. uh, nasty for oh, a no. second. Uh, she wears clothes that are one size too small for well, her, and yes. she shouldn't do it. I mean, she needs to um, she needs to dress her age, not her shoe there, size. I, I said it. And <laughs> Listen, why is she making out? By I the think way, that was my point. Why is I she making out just with, maybe, the, uh, with the with if the you come first, up with the, the second, second the second gentleman? If you come upon the second, if you if you come upon the spouse. Of your husband's colleague. Yeah, don't stick your yeah, tongue down his don't, throat. Don't engage in a makeout session out there. That was weird. Uh, uh, Paul Pelosi looking like Leonard Cohen. In yes. fact, a lot of folks thought that it was Leonard Cohen sitting <laughs> next to Bono, although I believe Leonard I Cohen do think this. I do think that our side, on the right, they have a lot of apologizing, or should have apologized, for all the speculation and all the nonsense around Paul Pelosi. It was wrong. Yes. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, and, and, and actually, it gets to the point that you've been making about, about, about our side. We need a timeout. Well, it's it's the issue, but the, the point is, is that when confronted with the facts on this and the video, now, it's a strange video. And we don't know what but was happening But it's clear what's going on. Yes, it's very he's, clear. He's an 80-year-old man who's trying to keep this guy from going bazooka. And by the same token, he's a he is a, 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 a nut job. I mean, a, you know, the other non guy. Yes, yeah. the, uh, whatever, De Pepe. The other guy. De Pepe, the, the hammer wheel. Yeah, whatever. Right, the one yeah. who turns around and starts attacking yes. you. Yes. Yes. Um, and, and the point is, it was improper for the president to sort of turn around and tie that, try to tie that in January 6th. I mean, that no, goes without saying. So, well, yeah. that's another thing about that's the... A, um, uh, about the uh, the uh, the un the speech the untruthful untruthfulness of the speech and that is holding back a cough there. Sorry. All right, it's all right. I got a cough button over here. <laughs> Thank God, John Pop. <laughs> anyway, um, turn your head and cough, Jerry Gerald. Um, we do have video, so we you have can tell I'm not doing this whole video. January sixth thing. This J six thing. Let me, let me just comment real Please. quick. Number one, I I do. I in retrospect, I I I wish that the Nancy Pelosi, the Congress, had really engaged in a real investigation. Right. Because what has happened is is that we've turned this into this myth. The president saying that the J six mob attack on the Capitol is the worst thing that happened at the Capitol or in America since the Civil War. Is is not only untrue; it's insulting, right? And and, and dangerous, especially. And, and here's why it's dangerous. Okay. Yeah, because we have those who don't pay attention to politics. Fred Smith would say people are stupid about politics because they're smart, right? Yes, they exactly. pay attention to the things they can have make a difference in those things. And what's happening is is that there is this now this myth, this this uh, this uh, ethos around J six that anyone. Even tangentially connected to it, somehow is not worthy sure. of being in the public square. Right, right. And again, just to be local for a second, right here in Maryland, in Towson, there was a pub, a, a, Char, a, a, a Charles pub yeah. uh, in, uh, in Towson, uh, that refused service to a Republican women's club because part of the proceeds were going to go to the legal defense of J6, right. of J6 prisoners, sure. right? And again, it's neither here nor there, but it turned into this thing, and I talked about it. I, and I said, you. and I said, I look, listened. I get the I get the point that restaurants should be able to serve, uh, you know, these private rooms whom they like, and and I, I get that. But right. but the, my broad point is is that 
We are we have so polluted the public discussion that now Republican women are equal to Nazis right. or insurrectionists. Yes. And that's Joe Biden's and fault. Especially, by the way, in, in light of the fact that now the FBI has reported to Congress that there was no that it wasn't an insurrection by the sort of it the, wasn't the, 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 by the, any the, definition. By the definition. So we're, we're sort of we are we are there looking at it on this issue, by the way. Yes. I'm going to I'm going to I, I'm going to try to elucidate. One of the points you were making yesterday, uh, and you were getting texts about this. Yes, folks, on the very rare occasion that I listened to my former radio station. Oh, okay. Rare, will, rare instance yes, when you listen yeah, to my radio no, program. No, yeah, well, that's that's you know, Jerry. It's seven a.m. to ten a.m. on a Sunday, man. It's a lot to ask. It's of the me. most important talk show yes, on Sunday. I, I, you know something, and I and I should listen on the podcast because. And your by the way, yesterday I was on ten to two in the afternoon. And the, yes, yes, and and I listened. See, right, yes. So you you were making the point yesterday yes. about refusing the difference between refusing service and the difference between compelling someone yes. to use their talents. Correct. And it's the difference between right somebody coming into a bakery. Now, now someone has dedicated right someone has dedicated their craft and artistry to baking a cake. Yeah, a right? wedding cake. Uh, what, the creation right. of a wedding cake is many consider to be art. Yes. To be speech. Yes. But on the other hand, someone just going in and buying a cake or some cookies yeah, or, or whatever. Or give me a dozen rolls. You can't keep them out. Of course not. Because they're gay. Right. On the or other hand, whatever. saying you need to make me a wedding cake that's for my gay wedding, that's different. And you must make that's, it, design it, yeah. and you must show up, now, and you must you, present you and it. I and have and a, you and I have a difference of opinion here on the overall point because, you know, because I, I take the very libertarian position. Someone made this point yesterday. I yeah. should be able to kick anybody out and refuse yes, service. Yes, except point. except we don't live in that world. We don't live in that world, yeah. which is which is your point yesterday. Yeah. But that's you, you sort of you you all again listening. It's like listening to a podcast is the closest thing you can you can live to being a ghost because yes. you start shouting. Yeah, the radio. Yeah, I do all the time. And of course, because as you mentioned, I'm blocked. I can't call in. Well, I, look, 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 look yeah. years ago, Roger uh, Roger uh, uh, Pilon, Roger Pilon, yeah, Roger Pilon, Pilon from uh, from Cato. Cato. Thank you. Um, I remember he uh, did a piece in the, the Wall Street Journal or somewhere uh, saying that reimporting medicines I think it's from Pylon, but anyway, go ahead. So, Roger Roger Pylon, Pylon yeah. yeah. So he he uh, at least years ago he was the uh, their senior scholar on constitutional issues. Right. Anyway, so and he wrote a piece for the Wall Street Journal uh, that uh, defended as free market uh, the reimporting of medicines from Canada into the U.S. Okay, and not I, where I thought you were going to go with this, but go and ahead. And I called him. I said, Roger, you're wrong. He's like, well, what do you mean I'm wrong? Yeah. I said, because it's it's not free market. These are price controlled. Sure. And he said, yes, you're right, Jerry. They are price controlled. But then again, once they go to Canada, reselling them back, that's the market. And I said, well, no, it's not. <laughs> I, said, I said, Roger, if I come to your house and I like your brand new TV set and I say, I want to buy that, I'll give you $5 for it. And you say, oh, I just spent $1,200 yeah. on it. No, I'll, I'll, I'll give it to you for 1000 And I pull a gun out and put it to your head yeah. and say, no, in fact, I'll take it for a buck. Sure. That's not free market. Right. And he goes, well, this is not what's happening. I said, of course it is. Uh, uh, in Canada, they compulsory license. So if Pfizer or any uh, company refuses to sell to Manitoba, right. Canada, uh, the the last year's kind of level of medicine, then Canada says, well, we'll just compulsory license and, yeah. and, have, and make a generic version and we'll steal your intellectual property. And he said, well, well of course you're right, uh, Jerry. But uh, but still, um, I'm not going to retract what I said. Yeah, yeah. And and the reason for I say yeah. this is that yes, in a perfect world, 
uh, a company could right. sell its wares to to, uh, to Canada or or, or a, a a third party in Canada, and they could resell it. But the, in the re, in the real world, that's not what well, happens. It gets to the issue of, of and what the same thing with serving someone. Well, well, it gets to the issue of social media that we've been talking about in terms of the social media. Yeah, because we're getting to a point, and, yeah. which is, and this was my final point yesterday. Uh, and we're getting to a point now in our public discussion where it is okay to kick out a Republican club right. or a Christian group. We talked about this right. a, a couple of weeks ago, where a a, a Christian ladies group. Was going to have a dessert at a restaurant, right. and then they were they were canceled. They were yes. thrown out. And my point is, you it, and I had a very heated discussion is, over that issue. Is, so it is acceptable yeah. to cancel the Christian or the conservative, but no one would ever do this uh, to the Democrat Club or the Black Lives right. Matter Club. And and one of the points that I've made, you know, it's these issues of faith in the past, right? We we have to recognize that various tenets of progressive philosophy are now matters. Of faith, yes, and and that and ding that, ding, and, and that you know we have to we sort of have to understand it's that, all yeah, faith. Yes, and frankly, and I mean we, you have frankly, to believe you have to believe yeah. in some kind of progressive God yeah. uh, to accept their version of climate change, global warming, energy policy. The same is true on abortion. The same is true on trans uh, ge- uh, transgender issues. The same is true on myriad issues. By the way, it's because by faith. because you uh, because you are promoting your show, I'm going to promote the other podcast, the the lunch hour with Federal News. Oh yeah, of course. Had a conversation yesterday. Yesterday, it'll be uploaded uh, the last week. No, I'm sorry. With the, an old the friend 20th. of ours, a colleague of ours. No, yeah, there's that one, but that's not what I was talking about oh. here. I had a conversation with a gentleman from named Steve Meyer, yes. uh, who's a scholar with the, uh, with the Discovery Institute, about the relationship between faith and science, about the issues of, uh, of intelligent design. Yes. And the universe and and policy. It was. It, it, if you're at all interested in this, you're going to want to tune in. It's a great. It's yeah. a great discussion. It'll be released on the the 20th of February uh, at the lunch hour podcast. Suffice it to say, if you don't believe in God, you're in for a rude awakening. Well, that's. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it, it was fun because we we talked a little bit about the multiverse theory and and it, but. I, it's, it's fascinating. Yes. I like to. Talk about this, and I and I kind of not that I, I want to go down this rabbit hole here. Neither, go but, into this I'm, I'm a science fiction kind of guy. Yeah. But the fact of the matter is, I can't believe in the multiverse because 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 the scripture says very 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 clearly that when he made Andrew Langer, there's no one else like Andrew Langer. Yeah, but the, but that may not be what the multiverse. Anyway, the the point that he's making yeah. is that at the end of the day, right? It may not be that there's a multiverse, but this idea of if there is, it, what there has to be something that precedes it. There has to be something that that created these multiverses. Sure, and that could be well, yeah, right. So that's I don't want to go down point. this. I, no, 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 it's a rabbit hole. But I, let, let tune into the let, lunch Let me just hour. say this real quick yes. though. It is interesting though because if you know for our Christian for, for people of faith, you know we say God has a plan for your life. Yes, but really there's free will, and so God might have this plan for you, but then you might go this way. Yeah. And then what happens is another branch happens, and yeah. God's plan continues. It might not have been the original. But, sure. But so in that in that way, that's kind of like the the the, well, the, listen, the multiverse. I, but by I also, faith. and for me, it's you know to me, it's there these explanations of what is the nature of the afterlife. You know, what is the you know what is you know, where do we where do we go? And you know, isn't there heaven? Well, yes, but what is heaven? Right? Is, heaven could, is could, bliss. Okay, but couldn't Being heaven constant, be couldn't heaven con- be another universe that we? And we yeah, this is my point. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, not that I want to go down this rabbit hole, um, uh, but it's a really interesting conversation. Listen, let's yes. shift gears a little bit here. All right, sure, 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 sure. Because I teased this earlier. Uh, we got to talk about it. One of the things the president mentioned in the speech. Yes. We talked about China. We talked about Xi, China, but we got to talk about the balloon and and the yeah, balloon. Glibly, so we now know, right? What do we now know? We now know that that there were multiple balloons. 
but nobody in power was notified about them. So nobody did anything about them. We just knew that they were that they were that they were there. Uh, and so nobody can make command decisions. We know that this balloon was launched a few weeks ago, sailed across the Pacific, hit Alaska, and then traveled on the jet stream sort of south over sure. the continental United States before it was shot down. Um, and the question is, when should it have been shot down? And, right, what should Joe Biden – when should Joe Biden have talked to the American public about it and 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 sort of talked about why he was waiting or what he was doing? But you've got a, you've got a really interesting theory about yeah. this, and I appreciate this. A couple of things before I give my thoughts on it, and yeah. that is, uh, of all places, the New York Times uh, today, this week, has an interesting front page uh, piece on how China is experimenting with balloons. Yes. Uh, because they're trying to do two things. Uh, gather intelligence right. uh, uh, in a, in a uh, novel uh, manner. Yes. But also they're trying to figure out how to weaponize balloons. Of course, yeah. yeah. And so, again, uh, surprisingly, the New York Times, uh, the, the New York Times with, a, uh, with an interesting uh, uh, non-political right. non, non uh, uh, piece. Must be a new report. But here's, here's my thing. Uh, when this balloon was discovered, you know, it was uh, it was three or four days after it had, you know, uh, you know, come into the U.S. It was over Montana. The media discovered it, and our side, yes, started with the President Joe Biden is weak, and why don't we shoot it down? And making all of these assumptions. Well, in my in my, I mean, from uh, I mean, it was it was everywhere. But on the other hand, it was he was weak, and we should have shot but, it down. Right. But, but so, okay. Uh, but let me let me start here. It was though. an assumption that but, happened to be the correct assumption. But but we, but we don't know if it should have been shot down. That's yeah, my point. No, I don't think so. Yeah. Here's my point. What if, what if in our intelligence uh, agencies want to? Uh, want to monitor what they're doing. I get that. They're trying to, uh, uh, they're trying to weaponize sure. and, and trying and trying to uh, use novel means uh, to gather intelligence. So we study their intelligence. Uh, 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 mechanisms, right. and so therefore you don't want to shoot it down. You want to see where's it going. Why is it doing this? Maybe we were intercepting. What are they interested in? Why you know we know Montana has the missile silos. We know that Tennessee has the nuclear lab. Why it's there? But exactly what is it looking for? Sure. And, and, and how is it sending? And the only way. This, and, yeah. and so I, I don't know this to be true, but maybe our intelligence agencies were monitoring it, trying to again trying to get. And, and a, this is this is my this advantage. is my point, right? And I and I and I get that, and I and I and, appreciate. But that. the second Sorry, the thing second to your point, point is, yeah. is that once it became public, Joe Biden should have gone to the microphone and said, look, yes, we have the greatest military in the history of military. Sure. We have uh, the, uh, the the most the most uh, in-depth in uh, intelligence agencies in the world. We're we're handling this. You need to be quiet about yeah, more it. More to the point, we know that it's there. We want to study yeah. it. We've got well, to. We're, don't we're, even we're, say that. Well, no, but I think no, but I think us to a certain degree, right? Because I the think we tell the American people sometimes no, 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 too no, no, much so, when it comes to international issues, like recently. No, but with the no, tanks no, 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 to no, no, Ukraine. Time, time out. My point is, my point is, my point is not that he's communicating it to the American people. The American people, it's an ancillary benefit here. Yeah. But the point is, right? If, if one of the, one of the parts of this is, we know. Hold on. You want to play is, we know that that China is trying to study our our reaction. <laughs> By the way, I'm I'm re I'm reading now the sequel slash prequel to the the movie Heat. It's a novel that Michael Mann wrote. Yeah. From the great movie Heat, Robert De Niro. Yeah. I'm not sure how great Heat was though. Oh, he was a great movie. 
Great I'm movie. not sure. And it hasn't and, aged well. And, and and oh, I I disagree. But the point is, I'm reading the book. And, and at some book, point, Al Pacino started to look strange. Well, okay, time out. For, what happened there? Yeah, okay, right. Also, was Al it Pacino, bad plastic Al surgery? Pacino what happened to Al Pacino? Became, well, he did Dick Tracy, and I think it never sort of something theater. happened. But the point is, Al Pacino also in his acting became a parody of Al Pacino. He right, did. you know, it's 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 the it's it's uh, the scent of a woman and the speech in the scent of a woman. Yes, that's not my point. My yes. point, my point is this: the book takes place in the late '80s, early '90s, or the late '80s. It's like, and it's about the backstory of Vincent Hanna and the backstory of Robert De Niro's character Neil McCauley, and and uh, um, what's his name, uh, uh, Val Kilmer's character, yes. and the, the a whole other. It's a really, really good book. The point is, in Heat, one of the things that that uh, Vincent Hanna says. Is that you know Macaulay's crew? They you know they studied us. They know our reaction yes. time. Right, you study this, and one of the points you made is, well, we we wanted to, you know, Maybe. China. China we don't know this for sure. China but, yeah. is was testing our defenses, among other things. They want to test our reaction to this. The point is, you don't get on TV and say, you know, we're doing this just to assuage the American people, but you want to let China know, hey. We know what's going on. We're letting this thing pass because we're doom on you. Right. It, it, it's a, it's funny. There was a, a the founder of, of SEAL Team Six is a guy named Richard Marcinko, yeah. you know, the late great Richard Marcinko, and he there was a, a phrase in Vietnamese, you know, the doom on you, which it, it loosely translated. It's a, essentially it's a pejorative. That's the the point is you turn around and you let your enemies know, hey, we yeah. know what's going on. Uh, we're doing it. By the way, you know, we're we're reading your signals. You know, it, it, essentially, you spook them so that they know that they can't do this again. The the, the other part of it's this like is, Rocky when Rocky fought right handed, right, and then and then the mix said, "Come on, at least at least switch stances now. Yeah. No tricks, no tricks." But then he did. Yes, right. Yes. Oh, I, I was gonna, right? I was gonna I was gonna I was gonna, I was gonna say uh, the the Princess Bride. You know, yes, with, with a, the very sword, good. The sword oh, fight. very good, very good. I'm so I'm not I'm 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 not right-handed either. So it's, yes. <laughs> yes, so so ding again. You know, it, it is, it's a situation in which it, the other part of the risk-risk calculation, though, of course, is, you know, what would happen if the Chinese had decided to, you know, if they had, if there was some kind of a self-destruct, or if something had gone horribly wrong with the balloon, sure, and it had, and it did in fact something happened accidentally, and it fell. There's a reason why. American airspace is controlled by our government. Yes, uh, it's why we have such a, a vibrant system in place to ensure that we know what's in the air at all sure. times. I will say this much, even though I'm opposed to it, it's the same reason why we now have these onerous regulations on on drones, civilian drones. Sure, and you now have to go through this. this but, massive but you're making train. the point, and yeah. I agree with you, yeah. and that is the president should have forthrightly he should have uh, with vigor. Uh, he should have addressed the, the always the, present issue a position the, yes. of strength, and right. the, but because and the, other, the other side, the he other looks side, like, right. actually he yeah. looked foolish. There's yes. one, there was one scene where he's standing there, people are yelling, "What about the balloon?" Yeah. And he's and he's like, "Look at his, his wide eyed uh, look." I don't know what they're talking about. Yeah, it's just, by the it, same it, token, weakness. by the same token. Marjorie Taylor Greene with her white balloon and her she looked like as as Liz Mayer the Republican strategist Liz Mayer pointed out she looked like Lady Miss Keir from uh, Delight with her fur th- you remember oh, the band yeah, Delight yeah, yes yeah, yeah, the, yeah. it looked looked like looked like that but I know. Uh, we have our own crew on that on our side of the aisle there yeah, Matt Gates. Well, I mean, and uh, Lauren Bobart. Right, you get and, and you know something. Actually, not that I want to make this show a rehash of your radio show. Yes, but there was that one text that you got yesterday about yes. someone trying to lump you into MTG and Matt you Gates mean. territory. Yes, 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 <laughs> yes. Yeah, which was which was very strange. Now listen, that's when my contempt say, for the listeners started. This is not to say 
Yes, contempt for the listeners. That's yeah. what killed Dennis Day. Uh, yeah. Dennis Day's career. Um, you know, that's not to say that you're not probably the most conservative person I know. Sure. And I mean that in in the best sense of the word. But I'm not a wackadoo. But you're not crazy. Right. I'm not a wackadoo. Yes. yes. Uh, yeah, actually, I, I am I, the I, most conservative person I, you know. I, yeah. Yes. Uh, yeah, probably. But I'm not a wackadoo. <laughs> yes. Uh, and so I'm sure. principled. Yes. And I'm well, Christian. See, and I measure. See, but that's, that's and I the, harness, that's the thing. I harness so, right, my yes. strength. So, so MTG reading the folks from Twitter, the riot act from the thing yesterday, you canceled me, so I'm canceling oh, you. Yeah, Which just... is the flip side to AOC. Yes. And, yes. And, you know, and it's like, okay. And, and so it's this, the thing that I don't like, and one of your colleagues said this yesterday, is the idea that MTG or Matt Gates is sort of emblematic emblematic of anybody in the Republican Party besides the folks that are their supporters in their districts right uh that that you know anybody who would otherwise that that independent voters are going to decide to vote for Republicans based upon uh MTG mm. right yeah. you, you think i mean you know, I think they they'll decide not to vote for Republicans. So you think yes. you think because I think that I the think average Matt, independent- I think Matt Gates and Lauren Boebert and uh, and uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene hurt us. But here's a there's, there's a bigger yep. question, and I did raise this again yesterday, yeah. and that is who uh, who is the leader? Who are the leaders of the conservative movement of the Republican Party? Yeah, and we I have literally, a leadership I literally, crisis. I literally, I literally texted to you, you yeah. and me. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, Kevin Roberts from yeah. from uh, from uh, the Heritage Foundation. Yeah. I mean, uh, you and I talked about this on one of our podcasts before, and that is, we have intellectual leadership. Is it there? There, there are intellectuals. Uh, there, there, there are the uh, the John McCorders, right. uh, and the uh, Ro- uh, the Robbie Georges and others. They exist. The problem is we don't have translators. We have we have people. You and I've talked about this we, in this we, podcast we, we before. Have, yeah. The conservative movement uh, have the idea factory. Well, this is what you were. The talking problem about. is we don't have political translators. This is what you've talked about before. Yeah. And one of the problems with the twenty-four hour news cycle, oh my god, twenty-four yes. hour news services is that they're constantly promoting garbage on on the air. Right. Those and, three, by the way, yeah. Marjorie Taylor Greene, Lauren Boebert, and Matt Gates. Are ubiquitous on cable TV? Yes, and, that's a problem. And and, and and so and the problem is is that the other the others you know what was it God who was I why talking is to? that? Well, it's are you because, telling me it's that because that Fox News can't get a better guest than Matt Gates? Well, no, Come they, on. they can they can do it, but again, it's all about ratings and have people, Robbie George people, on people watch have I mean, John McCorder on have have these folks. But this on. is this is my this is my point is that it's very easy to 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 get folks to tune in and eyes on because right it's like watching NASCAR you're waiting for the crash. Yeah. You never know what they're going to say, and, and so the problem is, is that is that you know explaining ideas. As we've talked about the right. problem of if you're explaining, you're losing. Right. You know, this is part of the reason why you and I do this show, and it's part of the reason why oh, I'm doing ding, the, the ding. news hour I, I thing. Was, it's funny yeah. how you and I think very yeah. in, in a similar fashion. Um, thank God for podcasting, right? Because a lot – look, I, I've been trying to lose weight. I, I know my back's to the camera here. I'm trying to hide my – I'm <laughs> trying to hide my girth. Wait, 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 hold on, hold on. Let me explain this yeah, and set, yeah. the, set the picture for those folks who are listening and watching. I know how big my watching. back is. So we're in the Heritage Studios. Thanks again to John Pop who just walked back John in the Pop. studio. Um, but John didn't realize that we were going to do video with, with this. Yeah, so, yeah. So, it was, so we have a, a, a two-person shot here, and I'm facing one way, and Jerry's and facing, facing me. Jerry's my got back the back to the camera. Back my, to the camera. But my point is, I've you're been, looking at my gut. I, I've been exercising. I have yes. 38 days in a row where I haven't missed a day of of, five, vi- of vigorous five-mile five walking. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. So, so I am working on it. I, I broke my ankle during COVID. I gained yeah. 60 pounds. I'm, I, you know, I'm, <laughs> I'm a big fat guy. Uh, I'm still good looking though. 
but, but, here, but here, time out. Hold on, hold on. Before you get into that, yeah. Which is again, someone made a great a great analogy on the issue of inflation to weight gain, oh, right? Yes, right. Yes. Just because. Yes. yes. Right. Because you, I you gained, gained sixty pounds, pounds just because I lost ten. That's exactly right. You're still fifty pounds still over there. That's exactly right. But, Sorry, but here, but, he, uh, but on the podcast, I, 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 I know we podcast. Yeah. Look, you and I are talk radio podcast. Uh, conversational junkies. Yeah. Um, and because we like to talk about yeah, ideas. Yeah, you're right. But but here, yeah. <laughs> but here's the thing. Here's the thing. Uh, the thing is that on, that a lot of the best ideas are coming through podcasting. And so I go on these 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 jogs, these walks. Right. I'm outside for I mean for an hour, an hour, an hour Listen. and a half a day. And I am just I'm eating up and digesting all these podcasts. One of our great P1s of this show, right? Yeah. The P1 is someone who's a top listener. Yes. Uh, that's Thank what he you. does. He walks around and and, yeah. he, and he listens on the problem with podcasting is, folks, it's no joke, folks, is that it's narrow casting. Right? There are a few big podcasts out there that hit everybody that sure. you're getting but for the most part podcasts are very are very narrow. But there's a trickle down impact. I agree with that. So yes. so very often like there's one podcast I like very much if if you for uh, people of faith. Uh, uh, John um John Mark Comer. Yeah. And he's a pastor uh, out of uh, Portland, Oregon. Sure. And I started to listen to him because I worried that he was one of these progressive Christians, hmm. and I have people close to me who like him, yeah. read his books and this sort of thing. So I started to listen to him in order to refute him. Sure. And instead, I I discovered quickly that he's right on, but he uses the language of Portland, Oregon. Okay. Which is very interesting. I like that. So what he does is, and, and again— who, It's the flip side of liberation theology. Yes, or the um, real Arthur Brooks. Yeah. yeah, Arthur Brooks, the former uh, head of the American Enterprise Institute. I had an opportunity to have dinner with him once uh, after he gave a speech, and the point of his speech, and then the dinner after, it was uh, the right, yeah. our side. We have to do a better job right. at taking back from the left their language, sure. yes. and then taking their values. And again, flipping them. And I'll give you an example of this. So in Maryland, they made a big deal about uh, uh, putting uh, Tawney, Chief Justice yeah. Tawney, into the basement. Yes. Of course, he's the uh, he's the author of Dred Scott. Yes. Now, on the way here to Heritage, I walked by the Thurgood Marshall um, uh, uh, Judici Ju Judiciary Center. Yes. And uh, and I was in Annapolis this weekend, and there's a, a Thurgood Marshall uh, um uh, uh, memorial. Yes. And again, I understand it. First African American to be appointed sure. to the Supreme Court. Uh, did wonderful things. Wonderful things on civil rights, leading up to his appointment to the Supreme Court. But the fact of the matter is, is that he was an author and defender of Roe v. Roe v. Wade. Right. And I'm convinced that someday we will be horrified uh, at how uh, at how we just ignored the science and ignored the facts. Listen, we're having that inflection point discussion right now. Yeah. Yeah. So so um, and and so what we have to do is on that issue. So what, so when when I talk to people about the life issue, I I talk about the the the, the you know uh, the the uh, the humanity of it. Yeah. And I I, I said this recently and and, and I it struck a chord uh, or struck a nerve rather uh, with a liberal friend of mine and I said, well, the Democrats really are the anti-human party. Yeah. How could you say that? <laughs> well, I mean, well, abortion. Right. But not just abortion. 
their energy policy. Right. Their energy policy is anti-human. Yes. Uh, and I, I, I said this on the air yesterday, and I said again, uh, in Europe this year, between four and 500,000 people will right. die from freezing to death because they can't afford to heat their homes. And, and, and let's let's be really clear. Yeah. Many on the progressive left have been unabashed about their goal of reducing populations, yes. right? The, the idea is Depopulation. We, have too, we have too many people, yes. uh, therefore we need to move people out of rural areas into right. cities. But back know, to yeah, Arthur yeah. Brooks, and that is, yeah. but they, you see, the, the, the left likes... So, so, hold on, something, by the way, I had a long conversation with Jessica yeah. Malugin from CEI about yeah. that's the other podcast coming out in a couple of weeks. The left likes to think of yeah. themselves as pro-civil rights and pro and pro-human rights. Right. Well, when you begin to talk about abortion or energy policy uh, in the context of human rights, it puts them on their heels. Well, absolutely. It's well, listen. It's why when I've always talked about not always when I when I started. And again, we've had the conversation um, with. Uh, um, of course, now I'm going to I'm going to brain freeze. New Jersey ran for governor, libertarian Murray Sabrin. Murray Sabrin. Murray Sabrin, right? Yes. Murray Sabrin wrote the, the, the pamphlet. But we're right. But remember, I was pro-choice yes. because I well, – A euphemism, of yeah, course. Yes. What are you choosing? You're choosing well, abortion. Well, well, yes. Yes, of course. Um, but the point is because I also led with my libertarian foot, and I believe, well, why do I have the, why do I have the right? And then I read right. I read what Murray Sabrin was writing. I reached out to David Bowes, who literally wrote the book on libertarianism. Yes, literally. Right? Okay. And I said, From Cato, of and, course. And I, and I said to David, explain this to me. And David said, well, if you believe that the, the fetus is a human and you believe in the principles of non-aggression and the initiation of force and the human has rights, all of these things, well, then you can make the pro-life libertarian case. Sure. And, and, and I was like and, – and that – that struck me as true and yeah. right, and and so that's where. I, so when I talk about it, I talk about it in the issue of the initiation yes. of force and and but and our these other side and needs rights. to do a better job at doing just yeah. that. Now, listen, I I, you know, I don't think Matt Gates or or Lauren Boebert or Marjorie Taylor Greene. I don't think they're in the business of persuasion. Right. I mean, but in this, yes, and and, and again, in the same way that the the, the AOC folks on the left or yeah, the, the, Tlaib, squad, the squad, or yes. uh, Omar, or frankly, a whole bunch of them. Yes. Right. You know, well, who, the whole. Yes. Ding, ding, ding. Yeah, thank you. We have three wackadoos. Yeah. They have. Well, we've got more than three, but, right, yeah, but yes, but yes. But those are the main three. But, the, you know, and it's. But they have an entire caucus. Hakeem Jeffries, who's the minority leader, is one of the well, most radical the... members of Congress ever to be elected to Congress. Yes. And yet he is he is brought out and he's promoted by the media as this what sane the, moderate. What was the House vote this week? Uh, what was socialism. To, con to condemn socialism and 87 Democrats. 87 uh, Democrats uh, could not bring themselves yes. to condemn uh, socialism. Yeah, right. Yes. This is a party. Uh, and, and again, this is not good for us. It is not good for one political party to be so outside the mainstream. Because right. what's happening is the, the, the well, middle has to moved bring to it, the left. And to bring it back to your point about the pub in uh, the pub in Towson. Towson yes. I got to say Towson. Towson. On the radio, saying, I get I'm corrected, by the way, all the time. Yes. They tell me I say these things wrong. Well, and yeah. then I real and, I, and my response to the listeners, the, the callers, is I say most things wrong. Well, yes, but, but the point you tell, well, I, I pronounce it with the Baltimore, with the Baltimore emphasis. Towson, hun, you got to go, you got to you gotta talk like Towson. this, Jerry. What am I saying? See, John's not listening right now, but I'm going to, you know, is I would he do from, my- Is he a Marylander? No, but he he remembers, he remembers the old uh, character of Balmer Billy Sikorsky, hun, <laughs> who's got the thick Balmer little, accent. That sounds a little bit like Chicago to me. Which, by it's the way, a little bit flatter. The Chicago, flatter. the Chicago accent. Oh, there he is. The Chicago accent is done. Yes. It doesn't exist anymore. Yeah, it, it's John. You remember Balmer Billy Sikorsky? 
course. English is fried chicken, the best damn chicken in town. <laughs> hey there, hon. So We're you got it. Natty Bow. Natty Bow. Gonna no! go get a Natty Bow and some Thrasher's fries. Let me tell you something, uh, John. Since <laughs> Going you mentioned, over to Polak Johnny. So, John, uh, John, I went over to recently. I went over to um, uh, to uh, not Wolf Trap. What's the other big? Uh, what's the Merryweather Post? Post? Yes, and so. <laughs> And so I mean, to buy an Mary adult, to buy an adult beverage there, it's like it's like eighty five dollars. There you go, hon. And Mortgage so, your car and so get we a went, we bow. Went, we went there to see Robert Plant and Allison Krauss, right? And Allison and, Krauss. And so my kids and and my wife, they go and they get <laughs> the chicken fingers and hamburgers and such things. And I just I wanted to have a drink. Yeah. So right behind me was the Natty Light stand. Oh, there you go. So I went and I and I and, and they were like they were like four bucks a can. <laughs> See? Right? And I, and I could buy three at a time. But the thing is is that <laughs> is as I'm buying my Natty Lights, the guy says to me, he goes, Hey, you're Jerry Rogers. Hey I'm like I'm like, yeah. He goes, You're on the radio. <laughs> <laughs> the best damn beer in town. It was a, I think it was it was uh the only but, other time that happened to me uh and John will find this interesting uh, or was I came to Heritage uh, to meet with uh with one of your colleagues Rob Bluey here yes. at, at Heritage. Love Rob. And, and the uh, and the security manager downstairs. <laughs> I, I, I introduced myself, and he's like, yeah, Jerry Rogers. Oh, if it's Sunday, it's Jerry. Right. And I'm like, yeah, man. I love it. Yeah. By the hey. way, the reason I was out of the room, uh-huh. uh, since we are at Heritage and we love our bell, I've uh, been waiting to present this to you. I'm going to present this to both of you. It's your very own, um, I See, know you love it, the dinger. He has a dinger, it's Jerry. <laughs> it's it's, just good. it's yours. You thank you. Thank, oh, you. Wow. thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. John. Well, now on the on the podcast, I we'll refer to John, it as you, go ahead. Ring the pop. Ring ring the pop. I like that. Yes. <laughs> so so John, it's funny because I said to Jerry as we were coming in here, or as we were on the air, I said I guarantee John has a dinger in his yeah, office. Yeah. That's I, so let funny. me tell you, when I came here a uh, number of years ago, this was here. Now no. we host all sorts of people here. I'm like, what person came to Heritage? Prominent conservative lawmaker. <laughs> it or must host have been. It must have, it must, have, must have been Buzz Burbank. Yeah, and no one else knew what it was for. So oh, that's so I, funny. I, I said, "That's a dinger." They yes. Go, what are you talking about? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love that's the That's good. Hey, um, but, but as, we're, as we're winding down here, yes. Um, and while while we have John on the air, I saw I saw something that I a movie a trailer for a movie or a reference to a movie that I never heard of. Well, by the way, we haven't had a conversation about uh, the Last of Us. All right, well, we'll have that in a second. All I guess right. I want to talk I'm about this. I'm off it, by the way. Do you guys I'm are... done with it. Oh, because you watch the you watch the third and fourth episodes? All right, I haven't watched the third and fourth episodes yet. You can't spoil it for me. But the point is, so hold on, hold on for a second. Do you, have, you ever heard cheer. Of, have you ever heard of a movie from 1980 called, either of you, called Midnight Madness? I'm now obsessed with this movie. No. Midnight now, remember Madness. in the wake of- was, at, that, was that Bill Clinton in the basketball? Yes, that's exactly right. No. In, the wake of, in the wake of Animal House, of course, there were the, the big oh, three oh, networks yeah, yeah. each had on their, their TV shows. There was, there was Animal, there was Delta House, yeah, yeah, yeah. there was Brothers and Sisters, and then there was something else. I don't remember what the third one was. They were all terrible, yes. all canceled within weeks. So this was an Animal House- There was never House. a Porky's franchise, though. Not on TV, Not no. On they TV, couldn't. No. They couldn't do yeah. that that way. No. <laughs> but this one, this one is an Animal House knockup, but knockoff, but set in the 1980s. It's like really? Rat Racer, or it's a Mad, 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 Mad World. Three groups of college students, including Stephen First, who played Flounder right. in Animal yeah, House. A great Flounder. David Naughton from uh, David Naughton from uh, American Werewolf in London, okay. and a TV show called oh. Making It. Um, uh, Dirk making Blocker. it. Yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> Great theme song. Holy cow. Yes. Making it, which was, of course, a Saturday Night Fever oh knockoff my. on TV. Yes. 
and and Dirk Blocker, who was on Black Sheep Squadron. Oh, Dirk Blocker, I loved him. Um, and a, and it was Michael J. Fox's first movie appearance. Oh no oh, kidding! Wow. And someone put this this up on on uh, on a, wow. a, a fan page. I'm like, what is this movie? So now I want to go. Apparently, it was a. Oh, you haven't seen it yet. I haven't seen it. Oh, you guys, I've seen clips now in the I've trailer. Never, I, I, I've John, never heard of it. So this was apparently a mainstay on HBO in the early 1980s. Oh, and wow. I never never heard of this, but it's well, yeah. we didn't get we were we were yeah. be, you know we we were late. Uh, Adapters to a cable. So, same here. We, yeah. My parents didn't get it. was something we just talked about the other day. Mom, I want my MTV. Yes, yeah, no. 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 <laughs> um, uh, my parents didn't get didn't get cable at the house until my brother started playing hockey after I had already graduated from high school and was off in college. Oh, wow. yeah. And they wanted to watch Rangers games on MSGs. Oh, we got to get wow. gotta get. Oh, gotta you, get. You know, it's so funny you say yeah. that because my mom would say, what do you need the cable for? The Yankee Yankees are on PIX. <laughs> yes, not anymore. Right? Yes. No, yeah, right. they, were, they were dividing and the And I used to, I used to watch the Islanders on WR. Got it. You know? Do you remember the old the, the old WHT commercials? What well, Metco Home Theater? Yes, 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 yes. Yeah, it was John. It was it was an over the air cable sort of premium service. Okay, sent you a scrambled signal, and they would send you your what? box to to what oh, channel? What channel? By the way, were the Rangers on? I don't remember. Was it? Was I don't five? know. So, but the point is that when the Yankees were on Channel Eleven, WPIX, right. uh, the, the Mets Islanders, were on, Mets were on, and um, Islanders were on nine. They were on nine. Yeah. WOR. Yeah. And so were and so were the. Um, I don't know, so John. Where did you, did you? You know, you grew up in Pennsylvania, so you yeah. don't know these things. I was going to say, you mentioned scrambled TV in yeah. the early days of cable. We used to try to watch certain programs. Oh on yes, and you press the Skinamax. You press the two things yes. together, right. and, and it was yeah. like basically you get a headache. Your eyes would be bugging out. Yes, but or HBO in the early days, HBO used to have. Burlesque, remember? No. Yeah, burlesque show. <laughs> remember the it. remember the Dick Van Dyke show? Yes. And remember a uh, buddy? Yes. Yeah. Buddy Sorrell. Yes. More so Amsterdam. I remember years later, uh, my mom and dad's New Year's Eve. And my mom and dad go out New Year's Eve. They went to uh, Dunahee Steakhouse in Riverdale, <laughs> okay. right? All right. Right? And uh, and we're home with my Uncle Red and my Aunt Gracie, who they were babysitting for us. And I'm in the living room, and we had gotten cable by, sure. by this point. And uh, so I, I was still in grammar school or, or middle school, whatever. And uh, and I put on HBO, <laughs> and I see Buddy. Oh, there you go. And, he, like, and, and I'm thinking, hey, oh, this is like a Dick Van yes, Dyke thing. Sure. And then all of a sudden, uh, there was naked it, lady. And my aunt Gracie and comes in. What are you watching? What are you watching? Oh uh, my nothing. god, your mother will kill me. I had a similar experience with my dad watching a movie on HBO. Oh yeah. Not realizing it was like. R-rated. I yes. mean, it was the most uncomfortable oh my goodness. couple minutes sure. of my life. Yes, absolutely. Oh, horrible, yeah. horrible, yes. horrible. Yes. In fact, uh, John, that's why, frankly, I did not watch Game of Thrones for years. <laughs> and it was because, and I like the fantasy, the, yeah, sure. the Viking kind of vibe to it and the fights. But because, at least I was told at the time, it was filled with sure. sex. Ed, yeah. I got four daughters. Yes, and, yep. I, got, and I got a little baby. Oh uh, and I got sure. a little son. And I'm thinking the yep. last, the even if it's innocent, you know, like I don't want my sure. daughter to walk right. into the living room yeah. and there's the dad watching, watching some. <laughs> yeah, of course, know. absolutely. And so, and finally, right. what happened was years later, my 22 year old daughter finally said, "Dad." You would love Game of Thrones. Sure, yes. And so then I binge watched it. Full, All right. So here's circle. here's a question for the uh, for the uh, the the gathered masses. First R-rated movie you did see? Ooh. I, uh, legally or illegally, like like no no you've no literally the first one you saw a oh, Porky's okay okay all right John I I'll tell you what we were kids in Erie PA it wasn't um, Porky's was it hold on well no, we went and saw Rollerball okay and Deep. it was yeah. awesome yeah it's James Con yeah we were little oh, yeah. kids the great James Con yeah the, yeah bad remake of obviously because John Jerry you 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 DC had the, Cab. 
Really? DC cab. Remember, yeah, remember DC cab? Of course, Mr. T, yeah. Adam Baldwin. Now, I, I say Porky's only because I remember being a kid, like in like sixth or seventh grade, even. Yeah. And like Porky's was like, oh, did you see Porky's? Yeah. And no one ever saw Porky's. Yeah, but, you know, it's, it's funny because I, I know from my DC group, cab, my group I did of friends, it was, uh, it was for that. And now this was not the first Aria movie I saw. That was uh, Fast Times at Ridgemont High. Oh, yeah. You know, was, oh, yeah, was, yeah. You know, that, well, DC cab was before that, wasn't it? Uh, yeah, maybe contemporaneous. Um, and, and, I, I, and I love DC Even to this day, I like it because there's uh, Gary Busey's in it. That's right. <laughs> and Gary Busey, they're, they're, they, 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 they're cab drivers. And he says, he says one line, and I love the line. Sure. He says, I don't work January eighth, Elvis Presley's birthday. <laughs> there you go. So, so the, my first R-rated movie was Escape from New York oh, in wow. the theater. My dad took me to see it. I had gotten I don't know oh, why was I Jaws got, rated R. I th- I think it might have been. I, 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 I saw Jaws. Maybe. I saw Jaws in a drive-through. Yeah. A drive-in. A drive-in. <laughs> drive-through. A drive-in movie. Remember drive-ins? Yes. Oh, yeah. I also remember drive-in My uncle Frank and Aunt Kathy brought us to see the fish movie. So, so And by the way, yeah. we're sitting in my, my, my uncle Frank had a, a Pinto. Yes. Oh. And so we're in this we're, we're in this drive. Wait, wait, wait. This is the way Jerry paints a picture. We're at the drive-in movie seeing Jaws in a Pinto. In a Pinto. We're in a Pinto. Yes. It's a true story. And it's, my, it's Tracy and Jerry and Peter and more. And we're all like third graders. Sure. I mean, we're little kids. Yeah. Like little. And uh, it was 76, so uh, so I was seven. I was seven years yeah. old. Anyway, so we're in the movie theater, and she's like, oh, kids, we're going to go see the fish movie, yes. right? Yes. No, oblivious. Sure. And then the movie starts. Oh, God. And the first scene, and she's 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 <laughs> trying is, to like is, knock her like is, co- yes. close your eyes, this close your like, eyes. This is like the story of the mom who took her kid or the the grandmother who took her grandchildren to see the Aristocrats, yeah, thinking it was the Aristocats. Oh. Were there for twenty minutes. <laughs> well, they, I got one more good story. Someone said, someone said, wait, wait. At what point did you realize the movie did not have cart- cartoon cats uh. in it? But yeah, I mean, Escape from just real quick, Escape from New York. I had gotten a game. I don't know where it was. It might have been like one of the very early D and D games. And and there was they had advertised for the Escape from New York game because it oh, wow. was a game before yeah. it was a movie. I didn't know that. And it was oh, it was great. I loved it. My dad loved it. You know, Snake Plus. Anyway, Snake, I'm sorry. Go yeah. ahead. So anyway, so and then John, I want to talk about The Last of Us because I want to hear. But go ahead, John. Funny story. So my my mom Geraldine, and uh, and uh, and my dad uh, Big Jerry uh, went to Ireland uh, with my uncle Pat and my aunt Kathleen. And it was the four of them. And Uncle Pat, my Uncle Pat is the, my mom's older brother and, uh, and my Aunt Kathleen. All four of them are very religiously conservative. I mean, so am I, but they yeah. are, they are, you know, they're, they, and they're older, right? They're, my Uncle Pat has since passed away, but they, these, are, these are men and women in their 70s and 80s. Yeah. And they go to Ireland and they're staying at this nice hotel. And uh, my Uncle Pat says, Geraldine, he got to talk like this anyway. He says, Geraldine, we're going to have some tea. Why don't you come over? Take Jerry. Bring Jerry over here. We're going to have some tea. And we'll watch a movie. And then we'll go out and have a late dinner. All right. Yes. Oh, good. Oh, good. So they come over and they're sitting down. And and it was a nice hotel. And and so Kathleen's in a chair. Uh, like a um, like a uh, like a like a like a recliner type sure. chair, and my pops Interesting. there, right. and they put a movie on, and all of a sudden, and my, my mother described this. All of a sudden, two people are just starting having sex. <laughs> <laughs> so my aunt hey, just say, "Hey, my what aunt, you watching there?" My aunt Kathleen, the banshees are in a chair, and they're going at She it. went, "Oh!" And oh, she the key went flying up, and she flipped over in the chair. <laughs> True story. <laughs> flipped over oh, in the chair. That's awesome. Pat couldn't get the TV off, so he just. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> we're, 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 we're,
And then, and then, so all the damage he does, he goes down and he complains. And he goes, I'm not paying for that. I'm not paying for that. You're putting on your Who was imagining this filth? It was your dirty movie. Meanwhile, meanwhile, my dad never moved and just was eating his tea and cookies. Oh, uh, McCree. Oh, I love yeah, that. yeah, yeah, I love yeah. That. That's a, that's a Jerry story I've never heard oh, before. It's a funny story. I gotta I gotta remember that for the video. Okay, you're off The Last of Us. Don't give me any. Sp- can you can you tell me why without any spoilers? Well, uh, John, are you watching the show? I've heard of it. No, HBO I'm not. Fungus. It's Fungus. <clears throat> the first, the Fungus Among Us. I might not be off it yet. Yes. It's Don's. It's Don's toenail fungus. Uh, the problem you know, is spreading is that, all around the world. I mean, obviously, it's based on a game. The game had. Has a history. Yes. Characters. I am worried that it's going to go full on woke. Oh, well. And uh, I just you know, can't, I, I can't invest time in watching a show and not knowing at the end of the show if it's just more kind of cultural, uh, cultural, yeah, cultural indoctrination. The third episode uh, is very interesting, uh, but it's also, there's no point to it. Okay. Like it could have been a show by itself. Sure. Uh, and and again, I, I'll just let you know um, there there is a there's a gay couple uh, that obviously love uh, each other. Course, yeah. It's a, it's a, it's actually a kind of very sure. beautiful love story, but there's no point to it sure. other than to show that we have a gay couple on the TV. Show. Exactly sure. right. I get I get and it. I and I watched it and I and and, and 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 it's not related to the story. Sure. So we're not to, we're not we're nothing dystopian. It's just why like why why it's they doing this? It's that it's forced in there. It's you know it's frankly the way I feel yeah. about Carly Simon's uh, Nobody Does It Better. And so know, what it did she, was. It, she it, just sort of ham-handedly forces in the spy who loved yeah, me. So, so and is otherwise great. So after song. watching the episode, and again, it's well done. Don't yeah. get me wrong. It's 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 not. It's, I, what I appreciate about the show yeah. is that that it. it I love takes, the actor. It by the takes way. a different. Oh yeah, Pedro Pascal's yeah, fantastic. It's great, it's great. But it's it's it takes a different slant on the on the whole zombie thing. And it yes, actually, which is why very, I liked it to begin very, with. Very it's very yeah. very it's unique. unique yeah. And the funny thing is, is that my, my uh, Bridget has been talking about this kind of fungus All zombie of, yes. issue for for years now. Dad, you know, uh, uh, deer can become zombie, and no. and, 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 and and this sort ants of thing. can become zombie. So anyway, so yeah, after yeah. watching the third, no, John's laughing. It's true. Yeah. It's, after yeah. watching the third episode, though, I decided to do a little research. Yeah. And I started to. Sure. I googled this and googled that, and from what I can see. It looks like they're going to go down the road of just woke. Well, I, I guess no. It's interesting. Just before you, before you, we can come back to that yeah, in yeah. a second because the point is that one of the conversations that Jerry and I had yesterday was whether or not we are we are we are approaching the zombie apocalypse. Because I I am more or less convinced <laughs> well, that is. we are. Yes. Well, how else do you explain the the men, mental derangement of the left? Well, not just the mental derangement of the left, right? I mean, the point is is that there's literally between the bath salt people, right? The, the folks who take the bath salts. And then you and I, you haven't seen it yet, and i got to pull guy, it up. It's in yeah, the yeah. guy growling. John, have you seen this? There's video audio of a guy sitting on an airplane, like a transcontinental flight, and he's just growling. <laughs> Some guys, no joke. But, you know, no joke, no me, joke but, folks. Look, it's no joke. I'm, I'll be serious just one last time, and that is this. I have a hard time not grasping how people just deny the facts in front of them. Sure. And there, and, and again, this is a this is this is now our norm in culture where there is no truth. There's my truth. Uh, Listen, we, we our ignore science. Was right. I mean, we ignore science. We ignore data, and then we claim to be pro data and pro That's science. Exactly right. And and it, there is a kind of and you know, John. I mean, one thing I've talked to my kids about too. You know, you know, <laughs> talk about dystopian and people of faith. 
you know, I do believe in like the end times prophecies. Oh yeah, yep. and and I, you know, the and I say, oh yeah, because Jerry's Jerry's talked about this before. So, so I I know that a lot of Orthodox Christians believe in this kind of uh, Antichrist as a as a singular person, but there's also a spirit of the Antichrist. Yeah, and the spirit of the Antichrist is really uh, untruth taking the place of truth. Right. And and we talked, you and I talked about this the other day. In Scripture, there are many examples of when God allows the people uh, to be uh, overwhelmed by their own sin. Sure. And there's the, you know the King Nebuchadnezzar who's right. who's in the field eating hay with the, with you know eating grass with the with the oxen. My point is is that it seems to me that we're approaching this kind of dystopian uh, dystopian uh, 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 era where 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 there is this. We say mental illness. Of course, I'm not serious about that, but. But there is this we've accepted untruth as truth. Well, and that's and it's it's interesting because this gets into a lot of the conversation that I have with Stephen Meyer again. That's yeah, yeah. gonna be up on the twentieth. When, when is it? The twentieth. The twentieth. In which the center of the conversation is about science and the idea of consensus science. And right. and, and one of the points that Stephen Meyer makes is when someone invokes the scientific consensus, consensus. what they're doing is they're trying to shut down right. debate and discussion. Yes. And when you only have a one-sided they're debate pulling and discussion, a anything, Todd. That's, that, that, that's exactly it. Jerry, you were on yesterday. Oh, yes, You're it You're back on Sunday. Sunday. Listen, every Sunday, WBAL. If it's 7, Sunday, if it's Jerry. If it's Sunday, it's Jerry. <laughs> 7 a.m. to 10. Listen, you could, for those who like to sleep in, I don't know why you're going to church on Sunday anyway. <laughs> Um, we got to find a better church, Jerry. Uh, so, That's the thing. So, so you know, before Is church. It, hold on, because I, hold on, because I know they're not listening. Thank God. Um, you know, my no, you know, something. I'll say it offline. They're, they're, we 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 didn't. We went to one church. You got a family issue with the yeah, church. Yeah, I got yeah, you. Yeah, so, yeah. But here's the so. thing: uh, it's on seven to ten Sundays. It's the best Sunday show you'll hear. But the good news is, guess what? There's a podcast. Yeah, that's right. So it's, go it's to podcasted. W, go to WBAL, go to go to podcast, go to Jerry Rogers. Hey Jerry, you know when I was I on, on Saturdays, my show was podcasted once. Once. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Jerry, what do you want, folks? To, oh, well, hold on. Before, yes. I, before this is uh, the, the, this podcast, of course, the lunch hour podcast uh, with the Federal Newswire. You can find it wherever fine podcasts are put out there. Uh, this particular week right now is shoot. I, I anyway next week is going to be Gordon Chang. Yes. Uh, this week, it, last week was Robert Ehrlich, and this week is I'm I'm blanking You're on blanking. it. But Stephen Meyer in another in another couple and of weeks. Jessica oh, Lugin. I'm sorry. Of course, Elizabeth Melito, who is the executive oh. director of the NFIB Small Business Legal Fund, oh, Small Business Legal Center. She joins me this week. It's a great conversation about small business. So check that out, Jerry. What do you want people to do? Well, I want to thank the Daily Signal, the Heritage Foundation, 100. Our good friend John Pop. He's uh, this is just great, thank John. You, John. Thank you so much. Your <laughs> no, seriously, your, your, your generosity and 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 hospitality Listen. is. We appreciate it. Find the truth. Plant your feet. Stand firm. God bless you. John is a scholar and a gentleman. Thank you, Rob Bluey, and everybody here yes. at the Heritage Foundation for allowing us to, to be here. Have a great week, everybody. Have fun. And, of course, stay safe.